Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner Khan. Well, one of the first areas I work on is I look at how the teams are communicating with each other and with other people in their organization. And I find that that is a common thread amongst the projects that I've worked on and a problem that we can always tackle together. It's particularly important because you have multiple teams in an organization that span multiple departments. It's very easy for the left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing. Today on episode 576 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm here with program manager consultant Emily Seamus. I'm going to ask Emily why a program manager who comes into an organization as a consultant is often in the best position to solve complex problems involving people, technology, and communication. Stay with us to hear all the details. You can find out more about Emily along with all of our previous episodes at smashingtheplateau.com. Are you building your own business after a long career as an employed professional? Listen to our show, Going Solo, also found on our website, smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Emily Seamus. Emily helps her clients strengthen the core of their organizations by focusing on people and process. An expert in program management and a facilitator by nature, Emily knows how to organize and mobilize teams to get exceptional products and services to market. She draws upon 25 years of experience leading large-scale initiatives for technology companies and nonprofits to support a wide range of clients, including Adobe, DocuSign, the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission, and SF Casa. Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you, David. I'm really excited to be here. It is great to have you on. You know, before I met you, I didn't really know a whole lot about program management, even though a long time ago, I actually have a background in, um, I'm not sure whether it classically qualifies as tech, but, uh, but I have my training in engineering, worked as an engineer, so I certainly was doing technical work for a while. And I was actually, um, I think one of my titles was uh, process engineer. But yeah, I've sort of become intrigued since I've gotten to know you about this whole field of program management. And I'm really curious to know how you became an expert in it. Oh, well, that's an interesting question. So when I think about it, prior to starting my business, I served in leadership positions in a variety of organizations, startups, larger tech companies, nonprofits and schools. I even taught kindergarten. So I've worked with diverse groups of people on a wide range of projects. And uh, while my experience is really varied, In almost every situation, I was challenged to motivate people, whether they were five-year-olds or 45-year-olds, to work toward ambitious goals. And it was about 10 years ago that I decided it was time to put this experience to work as a solo entrepreneur. And in terms of you know, how I got specifically into what's called program management. I started working for a client and I looked at how they described my work and it said program management. I was like, that's intriguing. I'm going to have to investigate this more. But I think it's an evolving piece of program operations and product operations. And it's an interesting role that I find to be a very satisfying challenge on an ongoing basis. You know, it's really interesting that the actual title is something that you heard from those you were serving. Right, right. Yep, I, that, that's where it came from. I mean, I've heard the term program management before, but it's defined in a lot of different ways, depending on which sector you're working in. I think it has similar meanings in nonprofits, but not quite the same meaning as it has in a larger tech company. 
I find that sometimes it's easier to understand program management in comparison to project management. So when you think about project managers, uh, they work on specific projects that have uh, defined outcomes, they have time limits and specific budgets. And they think about how to take a large scale project and turn it into manageable tasks. Now, program managers oversee a group of dependent projects that are linked together through some shared business benefit. So a program manager focuses on strategy and implementation, delegation, and most what I feel is most important is communication across teams and to key stakeholders. Emily, that's a really fascinating distinction. And it strikes me that program management is a really more complex than project management. And it also involves the component of project management that I think is the trickiest and where I have experienced the most problems in projects that I've managed and also working with clients around their projects, which is the communication piece. I agree. Yep. So fast forward to today, you know, like you mentioned that you decided you wanted to go out on your own. What prompted you to want to become a consultant rather than pursuing your career as an employee? That's an interesting question. So there was a certain point where, I, well, basically I have served in both capacities. I've done program management as an employee and I've done it as a consultant. And I think there was a certain point where I realized that there was an opportunity for benefit both me and the clients that I served. And that was the set as a consultant in program management. And I'm allowed to bring fresh eyes into every project. It's a place where I like to be. For me, I like being, I love the beginnings of projects. I like the ideation phase. I love looking at problems and trying to find alternate solutions, things people haven't tried before. I like bringing people together and getting folks motivated. So the opportunity to be a consultant meant that I get to do that for a large number of groups and be in a space that is very inspiring for me personally. And then on the other side for corporations, I realized it's a great benefit to them as well because it's like having, it's having fresh eyes that you don't have. I don't have any burdens from prior history or previous tries with a project. I come in and I'm looking at it anew as well as bringing in experience from outside of the company in experiments and different tries of different ways people have tried to solve problems in a number of different organizations. And I can bring that experience into my work with my clients and help them find new and innovative ways to get their teams working in the most efficient and effective way possible. And also in a way that uh, just keeps people engaged in their work. Emily, I could see how someone coming in from the outside is going to notice things that people inside are not going to see, particularly if they've been working on a particular problem for a long time. Sometimes they just don't realize where the blocks are. What are some of the commonalities that you notice among the problems that your typical clients face? Well, one of the first areas I work on is I look at how the teams are communicating with each other and with other people in their organization. And I find that that is a common thread amongst the projects that I've worked on and a problem that we can always tackle together. It's particularly important because you want to be able to have, if you have multiple teams in an organization that span multiple departments, it's very easy for, to use a cliche, not know what the left hand, not knowing what the right hand is doing. So with a perspective from a program manager looking at all aspects, I can find ways to help people com- communicate better. And a lot of that is just simple, regular updates 
that get people's attention in some way and a resource where they can look back to figure out what is going on with this program, what are its priorities, and 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 where is it going, and why are we working on this? Why is this important for our organization? So that's important for the teams internally. It's also important for stakeholders outside of the teams that are working on it to see it for progress. I think it helps organizations in a number of ways to find creative solutions to communicating these things because it offers an opportunity for just efficiency. Uh, it makes teams more effective if they are on the same page with their colleagues. It also improves accountability, and it also keeps people inspired around that accountability and those goals. And it gives you an opportunity for recognition and celebration of accomplishments. And that, as we talk to anybody who thinks about employee retention or employee loyalty or morale, is really important keeping people inspired and engaged around their work. And I think especially in this past year where we've been separated and, and dealing with a lot of stress in our work and outside of our work. It's been an important thing to do to always remain thoughtful about how people are feeling about their work and how inspired they are. Yeah, that's got to be really hard to do, especially given what we've experienced in the past year. Definitely. I just think it's even more important as we're getting into this next phase of reopening or considering going back into offices or just change in general. Change is always can be disruptive in teams. It can sometimes lead to attrition. And this past year has given people an opportunity to reflect, which is great, but also to ask themselves some questions. So there might be coming back, asking themselves, do I want to work in an office again? Do I ever want to commute again? Is this work close enough to my heart? And these are all things that any manager should be thinking about right now, about how to check in with your employees. And I'm sure people have been doing, I know people have been doing with me, even as a consultant, figuring out where I am, where my head is at, how I'm feeling about things. I also think we have a lot of work to do around making sure people feel, again, connected to their peers in companies, because those bonds actually also support productivity and they support loyalty and morale. Mm. Emily, what are some of the these are, A, they're, they sound like they can be really huge issues in companies, especially when you deal with, like we just talked about, you deal with a situation like COVID or when you're dealing with companies that have lots of different offices or different departments, people are spread out all over the place, whether they're working remotely like most people have been doing over the last year or not. What are some of the steps that you've taken with organizations to try to break through the barriers, achieve the kinds of results that you've achieved? Well, I'd like to tell you a story about one of the projects that I've worked on that was particularly interesting for me. And it relates to what we're talking about, about communication and the benefits of keeping that flowing amongst groups. I worked with a company that had recently acquired another company, one of its competitors, and they were looking at ways of how they were going to merge two large software platforms. And each platform had similar features because they were similar products and then some unique features to each own. But they needed to figure out a way to put these two huge project products together, these platforms together to make them work and to offer their cust customers the most robust system possible. So what they asked me to do <laughs> is come in and help them actually break down and define what each platform contained in terms of its features and services, because the reality was the naming conventions were different in the two organizations. And even in the larger organization that did acquisition, I discovered after talking to a lot of people in the company, their product had evolved over the years so many times that features had changed names and people within that company didn't know exactly what they were called anymore. So 
it was a fun uh, treasure hunt of sorts. It gave me a chance to talk to just about everybody <laughs> that would sit down with me and ask them, what is this? What is this called? What does it do? What is its value to the company? And then give it a definition and then find the matching set in the other company if, if it existed and define those for people. So at the end, they called it the Rosetta Stone. I had this definition of all the products, programs, and features on each side, uh, on each company side, and I could map them out, match them together to show the similarities, and then highlight the features that were unique to each platform so they could see that as well. And in the end, where I found this to be incredibly helpful is that if you think about it in terms of the company's overall investment, they made a huge investment in this acquisition and they wanted to be able to take advantage of it. And by clarifying and creating a common language for people to use about all the features in the organization, it ultimately had the the potential to save in product development costs. It would just make things more efficient. And the other thing it did was it opened it up uh, new ways for product marketing for sales to talk about the features because it was very clear when they could see what was available on either platform, what they had right then and there and what they would have in the future once the platforms merged. So there were cost savings there. There was uh, benefits of future sales. All in all, is just helping them really take advantage of this investment that they'd made. Right. Yeah. As you're describing all this, I'm kind of reflecting on why it can be so helpful to have somebody who is outside the company take a deep dive on some of these issues and try to unpack where all the problems are, because you've touched on human resource issues. You've touched on technology issues. You've touched on communication issues, all of which, when they get bogged down, end up becoming areas that can cause some really costly mistakes to companies, and and they're often really hard to solve. Exactly. That's where having someone else who comes in with a different perspective can be really helpful. And it's what makes the work challenging, It's and it's what makes the work as a consultant and solo entrepreneur so satisfying. Yeah. How long have you been working as a consultant now? This is my 10th year. And is this something that you foresee doing on an ongoing basis as a consultant? Because it sounds like you've been really successful at it. I do. That's where I'm. what I'm working on right now. I think some of my challenges as, as an entrepreneur is figuring out how to narrow some of the work that I do. So I be more focused in my marketing. But I do imagine doing this work for a while. I think it it holds a lot of potential. And the more I see uh, where companies go- are going, uh, particularly in the technology space, there seems to be a greater and greater need for program management. I find that uh, my ideal client is always evolving, but I'm finding a sweet spot in serving technology companies that are fairly large, that have programs that span multiple departments. And they're oftentimes software as a service, which is always growing. So I just see that there's so much potential that for as long as I can serve some clients and have some fun in the process, I'm probably going to keep doing this work for a while. Sounds great. Well, Emily, I want to thank you so much for taking your time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau and share your insights. If somebody wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed or get in touch with you to learn more, where would be the best place for them to go? Uh, You can visit my website at emilycemus.com. 
Sounds great. My guest today has been Emily Seamus. Thank you again, Emily, for joining us. All right. Thank you very much, David. This has been an absolute pleasure. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. Today, we learned why a program manager who comes into an organization as a consultant is often in the best position to solve complex problems involving people, technology, and communication. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them smash the plateau. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.